back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. Today I'm here with Sarah Tanet Jones. Welcome to uh, Meet the Creatives. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really honored to be here. Yeah, from the, from the other side of the pond, as it were. Um, yeah, yeah, from London. Uh, Sarah is an illustrator who grew up in Brighton, studied at Edinburgh <laughs> College of Art, moved to Glasgow for a bit, and now lives in London. She draws by hand with a brush and ink and then colors it digitally with a palette of bold and bright shades. I freaking love your work. It's amazing. Oh, thank Thanks and a lot. <laughs> I just started trying my hand at like the kind of the, the pushpin aesthetic. So like drawing mm -hmm. it with like markers and then filling it in. And I realized that when you get into that like tactile space, it becomes much more difficult than kind of just making vector shapes in, uh, yeah. in Illustrator. So um, let's start with it's that. Really... Let's, let's talk about like yeah. your process. How did that come to be? And mm -hmm. how did you come up with that yeah. unique style? Well, it's interesting that you talk about vectors because they do, they do fascinate me. I actually can't use Illustrator at all, the program. I can only really? use Photoshop. Yeah, despite studying illustration at, at university. But um, I just, I, I really admire so much vector-based work, but it's really not the direction that I have gone in myself. Um, I think probably just because I studied, I, I've just drawn a lot ever since I was a child and um and then when I went to university, I, art college in Scotland, I, I did a lot of printmaking. And um, the kind of process of layering color on top of each other there is something that Photoshop lends itself really well to. So that's how I started kind of just going down the kind of drawing route, um, scanning in my work, coloring it in Photoshop. Whereas with Vector, I think you, you're kind of building up shapes and it's just it's such a very different type of illustration. I suppose the main difference is um, line work. Um, I use a lot of lines and lines are kind of central to everything that I do. And I've tried in the past to move away just experimentally to move away from lines and to use planes of flat color to describe an image. Um, but it just doesn't feel natural to me. And I think it's important for an illustrator to always do what feels natural to them. Um, so that's that's how I've ended up doing what I'm doing. I mean, over the years, I've gone through a different, a few different kind of revisions of style and always trying to refine it. Right. Um, and now basically like executing on your strengths, right? Like kind of like yeah. doing, yeah. I've heard so many illustrators Absolutely. say that. You try and like mimic it or you try and like, like I'll, I'll try and do it like myself, like, you know, and then I can't do it, but it's, and then I ask <laughs> them and like, you know, some of the most talented people in the world, I don't ask them. You know, how do you do that? And they say, like, that's my natural hand. And I could, like, pretty much only mm. do that. So fascinating. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And illustration is such a trend-led industry. And mm -hmm. you really, really see it. And I think when I was listening to your uh, interview with Malika Favre, and the, she was talking about how so many people copy her style, but they don't do exactly the same thing because, you know, they can't see into her mind and see what she's going to do next. They can only work on what she's done before, which is such a really interesting point. And it's true. Um you know there's so much copying that goes on or inspiration that goes on in illustration and you know and I think every era of illustration has its look you know that's that's a huge part of Definitely. what it is it's so visual but um yeah I just think you have to do what you what you know I've I've tried to never copy anybody and I think that it's easy to it's easy to do when you see people who's who are doing beautiful work and they're doing really well and it's so easy to kind of want to ape that but I think you really have to find your own voice yeah. it's so important that's what you'll get commissioned on and that's ultimately what will make you feel good about what you do yeah when you started was because like for me like I, I kind of had 
almost like the polar opposite. Like I, I kind of started working in like branding and working within mm-hmm. like big brand guidelines, like the Hershey company and things like that. And kind mm-hmm. of working on like the design side of it more than the illustration side. But mm-hmm. I found myself now that I'm kind of getting more into illustration is I want to eventually like kind of like work for a place like handsome Frank or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I found and, and, and this might just be the way that like I learn, but I've found that um, sometimes like replicating, trying to replicate other work, but then not using that work has kind of helped me with my skill set. So like, I'll see mm-hmm. if I can do like a certain aesthetic, but then not put yeah. that in my book. When you first started illustrating, did you kind of mm-hmm. use other people's styles as the scaffolding, if you will, to build your own style? Um, I think, yeah, when I was studying, I and especially when I was a kid, I used to totally just just try to mimic. I remember I was obsessed with the illustrator Arthur, Arthur Rackham, who was um, a kind of Victorian golden age illustrator from from Britain and he does these beautiful fairy tale illustrations and they're very full of like kind of sinewy trees and little goblins and crazy things like that and um, I just drew these endless books full of drawings that were exactly in that style Um, and also I had this book of um, fashion illustrations and I copied those but they both taught me interesting things like for example the fashion book taught me about how clothing drapes because there was all this page about what the ancient Greeks wore and they wore you know obviously loads of amazing um, fabric that was just swathed around them and then just by drawing those that's that's stuff that I still use now the way that fabric falls onto alternative sides um, and the kind of line work that Arthur Rackham used um, I kind of left a lot of I think you do kind of everybody does it when you're learning you kind of copy other people and then you do pick elements of what you found and you see things through their eyes and that's really useful as long as you kind of develop that into what you're making yourself and, and right. don't just become an echo chamber for other people's stuff yeah it's it's really cool so I think copying is a huge part of learning I mean if you didn't copy then you how would you learn but um gradually you just kind of you just pile it's like building a house with a different brick for every kind of tip that you've picked up from somebody else and then you have your own house yeah you're kind of taking like the the concepts and the fundamentals like in my school like i was really into like photography for a while i still am like from a recreational standpoint um but i i like (laughs) yeah from like the uh i just dabble from the instagram point of view um but i had teachers who um were adamant about teaching me about like composition and about framing and it's funny because Mm -hmm. like while at school i was like i'm not really sure how this applies but i find those principles that i learned from my photography teachers have now informed my design work so people will yeah. say, like, you have great compositional skills. It's like, well, I really have, like, great photography skills, but I implement that into what I want to do. So it's like yeah. it kind of carry, carries on over from mm. something that seemed like it wouldn't necessarily apply, but yet yeah. that informs my design work. So it's kind of interesting how everything can kind of – it's like the culmination yeah. of all these things, and then that creates your own unique style. So that's awesome. I'm quite envious of you, actually, because uh, I think it's really, really useful to come from something that isn't illustration and then turn towards illustration. So you're kind of doing branding, graphic design, and advertising. And that is probably really useful for just getting to the heart of an image and making the point quickly or you know, being great with type or color. 
um, or not, you know, confusing the eye with loads of different elements and all of those kinds of things, which is so useful. And then you kind of can apply that to illustration. Whereas if you just study nothing but illustration, I mean, I studied English literature for a year first, didn't, just didn't pursue that. But, um, I think everything in life has, has its uses. I mean, you know, if you read all sorts of different things in the paper or novels and if you kind of are interested in science or maths or whatever it might be it can all inform what you do yeah. um you know i think anything any kind of creative field can be can benefit from lots of different influences and inputs yeah. so i try to read as much as i can and go into lots of exhibitions even things that i might not necessarily think would ever have an influence on my work it, it can find its way in um, and it can kind of sow the seed for ideas. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's good to kind of branch out and widen your horizons. Well, the weird the weird thing is though is that like I feel it's so funny that you say that because it's I've kind of gathered that it's like the grass is always greener on the other side from like talking to people mm -hmm. because um, like in my opinion like what I'm doing is not necessarily like in my it doesn't feel like art. It feels like typography. It feels like you know composition and color. But then when I see yeah. the work of like the illustrators from Handsome Frank, I was like, wait a second, like, am I even at, like, <laughs> am I even an <laughs> artist? Like, am I just moving around like words and colors? So mm. I, I think yeah, well, a little bit, of, a little bit of both. That's my goal. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, I mean it, illustration is definitely a bit of both as well, because ultimately it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not fine art. It's, yeah. it's to sell things or to help communicate things and you're being commissioned by an art director yeah. um, who's got their own ideas so a lot of a lot of people's a lot of illustrators favorite work quite often is the self-initiated stuff that they've just decided to, to, to work on outside of paid work yeah. which is kind of interesting because that is probably more of an artistic approach but ultimately you are a commercial person doing commercial work so right. yeah you've got to get that balance right you're you're right yeah, because I, I know on, on you, just from looking at like your Instagram page, you have a lot of kind of personal projects, which are kind of like ongoing. Like I know you have like all those buildings and stuff like that. And then like there's a couple yeah. of different and then you also work for Handsome Frank. Um, mm -hmm. So what, what did you do initially? Like how did you get on Handsome Frank's radar? Or was it like you were doing personal projects or were you doing commissions or how does that work? And for someone who's an illustrator who wants to get to that, you know, Sarah yeah. Malika level. How do you get there? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if it's quite a Sarah and Malika level. I don't know if we're quite on the same level, <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyway, so humble. That's good. But well, it was pretty lucky, and you get you do get asked this question a lot, and it's it's different for every person. But for me, I, I graduated from Edinburgh, moved down to London, uh, and then I just needed to pay the rent and all that stuff. So I got some different jobs. I was working in, I was working for a startup, um, and then I was working in recruitment for animation in oh, Shoreditch. Wow. Yeah, so, and all the time I was doing work in my spare time. And then at one point I just kind of thought, I, I can't go on like this. I keep getting jobs that last for six months, seven months, and then I quit or I get fired because I really hate it. And I'm trying to make a, a go of illustration, but it's just kind of it's so piecemeal. And I, you know, it's not going to tie me together from one month to the next. So um, it was really good. My mum actually said to me, all right, this is the time you've just got to approach agents. Just do it now. Just sit down right now and do it. I was home for Christmas. Oh, wow. and, I, and I was like, well, I'm right. You're right, mum. I, I will do it. Is your mom like an artist or something? Or 
No, she's not. She is artistic. Um, neither of my parents are artists. My grandfather was an illustrator, so I think oh, right. I inherited his drawing gene. But um, so I sat down and applied to lots of different agencies, just sent them some work. And Hanson Frank at that time had this uh, scheme called Hanson Futures, which uh, they picked one person a year as a kind of um, a temp- not temporary, but a kind of bridge, bridging the gap between taking somebody on full time and just testing them out and seeing how they were doing. Mm-hmm. And, and they were finding new graduates. And I happened to email at the right time. And they said, we can see something in your work. Um, we're going to take you on as our handsome future candidate. And for a year, you'll work with us. And then after that year, we'll see how we go and whether we want to continue. So I was so happy with that. I was just delighted. And I, and I knew, I kind of knew the things that I think they were looking for when I first wrote them the email. So I did some portraits. I did some animal drawings. I did some uh, recipe type work. Um, just commercial kind of things that, that every illustrator should have in their portfolio. Right. And, uh, and then it all went well during that year. And after the year, they didn't even discuss it, actually. We, we just carried on working together, and that was that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, awesome. I don't, yeah, it was so good. And it was just a question of, of luck. I just happened to email at the right time. It really was nothing more than that. And, um, yeah, so I knew I had to work hard and I knew I had to good job, do a good job. Um, so I just drew, drew, drew as much as I could. And uh, I still do, really. I, I try to mix up uh, the commission work that I get with personal projects. Like you say, I do a lot of those because they help you to go in the direction you want to go. And you get commissioned off your personal projects quite often. Right. Um, yeah, and it's been great ever since. I've been with them for, I think, four, maybe five years now. And every year, just kind of is an improvement on the last yeah. uh, in terms of work, in terms of coverage. So I just, yeah, I'm just keeping going. And also I'm always trying to get better as an illustrator. And um, I think it's a, I think maybe some illustrators find it easy straight off the bat to just, they've got their style, they've, they're really popular and, and they're, they're good to go. And for me, I needed to refine my style. I just, I'm always trying to get better, to simplify. That's my main and that's the only thing I'm always trying to achieve is to take things away and just keep things simple. And it's for me, it's surprisingly difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure why, but I think um, actually saying like knowing when to say when say, kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty it's pretty tricky for me. So um, that's that's a process that I'm always going through. Yeah, I have that same thing now where it's like I'll I'll be drawing and I'll try and. Um, I'm kind of learning that that same thing. It's like something's going really well, and then I'll put like one extra thing. And uh, the yeah. thing that I have to get over the most is just like crumpling it up and throwing it out. Mm-hmm. I like like starting yeah. over. How do you get over that? That's I you know not to be. I know that this podcast is obviously about you, but just I'm curious no, no, as fine. I'm venturing into illustration. How do you? Yeah. Get, how do you? Like okay, I cause, actually because I see your finished products and they, they they look great, but I'm curious like. Like I can't help but just crumpling it up and starting it over again, and I feel like I I need to just keep going, or should I not do that? Well, from from my personal perspective, I actually think there's a lot to be said for throwing something away and starting again. Because usually, if you if you feel that way, then there's a reason for it, and if you start again, then you'll probably do a better job the second time round. And actually, there's been times I used to have this really dodgy laptop and 
oh my god it used to crash all the time and I would lose the work that I had been working on and of course I hadn't saved it so I would just lose it and I'd be so frustrated but then I'd have to start from scratch and it was it was always better the second time round. yeah so eventually you know you get that moment when you're computer just goes black and you think oh god but then you think oh, maybe it's not so bad yeah <laughs> now, I'll, now I'll have to do it again but it'll probably be better and I'll have you know a different approach or a different energy this time so um trying to flog a dead horse is not a good idea if you're working on something and it's just not working you might start again the next day you might go for a walk around the block come back to it you might just go for a coffee yeah and I'm big it on usually that. does yeah, and, and it has a massive effect. I remember I, whenever I'm trying to draw portraits, it seems to come out with portraits. I draw one day and I draw it in my sketchbook and I think, oh, that's all right. And it's okay, I'll, I'll do something else now. And then I come back the next day and look at the drawing and I think, oh, I can definitely do better than that. And then, you know, it's just a question of time passing. Um, saying that, if you are working on something and you've, I mean, because you want to get the, for me, the energy of the drawing is so, so vital. So if you do have that and you're happy with it, you can spend a good while refining the image after that with color, with light and shadow mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. That can take a while. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember I, I did something for the Washington Post. Um, I think it was back in February. It was a diva article. So I did this stiletto heel walking into the spotlight with a sequin train dress behind. And I was really, that image took something like eight iterations. And to wow. begin with, I mean, I, I would be so devastated if I was, if I, if I got the sign off for one of the early versions of that, because it was just so messy and it was just not, you know, it wasn't refined enough. And then the art director at the Washington Post was so great and he was just really kind of patient and made suggestions and then finally we got there and um, that was one of the that was one of the cases where you know you can spend a lot of time and that, and that does really help so I know I've given you two totally different pieces yeah. of advice there but um yeah Malika was saying the same thing it's like with illustration really comes like the process and they want things kind of like overnight but then yeah. like a lot of times like you need to like she only, she was saying that she only wants to work with art directors and creative directors who are respectful of the creative process because if they want it in 24 hours, like she's not even going to take the project. She wants the yeah. time to, to get it right. And like great Absolutely. work takes time. So it's yeah. interesting. You basically yeah. like the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Malika does some amazing editorial work and I think she does a lot of advertising work and usually with advertising there's a lot more time editorial can be a really quick turnaround and yeah I think um, even the simplest images they look simple but there's so much that's gone into making them look that simple mm -hmm. for me I do a lot of editorial for the Guardian and, and magazines and newspapers like that and they often have literally three hours from you know what can you do on this article about um gender in hospitals or something something like that and you've mm -hmm. got the email and you're just about to switch off for the for the evening and then you've just got to go back in again and um that's that's quite a different approach actually for me that's all about the visual idea not so much about the execution of it so those drawings that i do for the guardian are a little bit kind of um, more energetic and a bit scribblier because that's just how newspapers operate and um, you know you you do what you can in in the few hours that you have but it's not the same as as a refined image that might go into an ad campaign so 
I try to keep the same kind of visual style, but adapt it to the job in hand. Definitely. If you're yeah. like, uh, and you know, the purpose of this podcast is to bridge the gap between entry level designers and like the industry's best and people that are really doing well in the professional world and everything like that in the creative field. Um, if you're trying, if you're just leaving school or university um, and you're trying to get a job, you know, working on some editorials and working with magazines like, you know, like The Guardian or working with The Washington Post, something like that. Um, what's your best way to kind of get your foot in the door and get some exposure if you're still kind of green? And how do you get a company with a name like The Washington Post to trust your, that you're capable of doing it? Is yeah. that just through personal work or how do you... Well there are a few options yeah. yeah there's um personal work always doing personal work you go get some magazines and see what people are doing and if you know if everyone's drawing uh recipes or um lifestyle drawings just do a few of those um you can take an article that somebody's already illustrated and photoshop out their illustration and their name and then make your own version and then um oh, that's good yeah, it, it's just called a kind of perspective illustration. You know, it means that it's not actually being commissioned, but but you've kind of put your own slant on it. And it's, I mean, you can't say that, you can't then go and say to somebody, oh, look, I did this this work for X magazine, because it, it's just a sample um, yeah. to see how you would approach that 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 article. Um, you know, just kind of send, just send your work out, email people, um, things like twitter and pinterest i'm not the biggest like the biggest i'm not the most natural person with social media but i do think it's really really important as as, as a window for people to access your work um things like pinterest people just you know it just kind of bubbles away on its own you don't need to worry about it you just put your work on there and then see what happens same with twitter it doesn't cost anything you might as well go for it yeah. um and then I think you start off, or at least I started off, with the smaller, um, not so famous nationally magazines. Right. The kind of you're, women's you're lifestyle. You're not going to get the New Yorker without having a few other, like, yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. And um, you've got to start off with a few of your, like, Cats Monthly or My Scanner magazine or whatever it might be, that type of thing. And then, um, and then you know you build upwards you just people want to see how you respond to a brief and how you make your ideas come across in an image and then once you start getting into your stride then the, the bigger magazines will come knocking but you do have to I think everyone gives the same advice you do have to email people don't expect a response straight away or even ever you might go on somebody's list that you don't know about their list of potential future illustrators so yeah. you just got to keep keep going for it i mean i hear horrible numbers being thrown around about how many emails art directors get a day yeah. it must be it must be crazy for those guys so just try and keep at the top of the pile but then you don't want to annoy people so yeah right and i think doing good work is obviously the key thing because good work is is obvious and the more of it you do the more people will want to know about you so um i think a big part of you know of being a successful designer or illustrator or being successful in the creative field is seeking out um, mentorship and having mm -hmm. people that kind of guide you along the way. I know that you work with some insanely talented people that at the agency that represents you. Um, but along the way, who have been some of your biggest influences and whether it be that you know them personally or that they've kind of just influenced your work, you know, who is yeah. in the hall of fame of people that have uh, mentored you? Oh my God, that's a good question. Um, 
you've mentored, I've not sat down with anyone and shadowed them um, in that kind of traditional mental way. I have had some lovely older illustrators in my hometown who um, I was looking for a studio space and they and, and then I met them and they sat me down and they were like, this is what we, you know, this is what we do. This is our space. We, we kind of charge this for this type of work we deal with these people here have a bikini list of all the art directors in the UK for, don't, don't worry about it it's cool but, you know stuff like that they, they were really lovely um just showed me how it works as you get older and you've got a family to uh, support and you're still illustrating and how you have to treat it as a business not just a fun thing that you do you have to kind of keep ahead of your marketing and your finances and right. um and so that was the practical, emotionally calm way of mentoring me, I suppose. The visual mentoring just probably comes from online and amazing work that I see everywhere. And it's absolutely drives me mad, especially living in London, going to like on the underground, London Underground, there's just so much good imagery everywhere. And TFL, actually, they, they commissioned Transport for London, they commissioned quite a lot of handsome Frank people. Um, and they're, that's, yeah, and they're just really, really great. And I think the, the the visual mentoring comes from yeah just going and looking and searching like I have this file of visual inspiration and there's just so much stuff in there and whenever I feel I never have half a spare hour I'll just go there and just search through this amazing forest of cool imagery um, yeah and I then the I link. you know I <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's the thing I haven't put it on Pinterest because it's just uh, it's just my little private thing but yeah. maybe that's why I'm not good with social media I'm not a natural sharer of stuff but um yeah I've seen people like uh, Malika I've been to a couple of her talks about how she kind of makes her work and her process and you know I chat to them we have a handsome Frank um Christmas dinner every year and you have a chat and a catch up with everybody and see how they are doing that sounds yeah, awesome it is really fun. It's really good. And there's a free bar because Handsome Frank puts a tab on the bar. So Lovely. Yeah, the chat flows freely and so does the drink. And it's 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 really good. Um, so mentoring, I think, just kind of comes from... And also, as you get older and you move, you spend a few more years in the industry, you kind of self-mentor. You kind of figure out what works and you, you get a hunch for, right... Um, I've not got enough bright colors in my in my portfolio. I should do some really bright stuff or mm -hmm. you know um oh I have there's that right books. now. That's so funny you said that. Yeah. Same. Yeah, and there's like oh there's a big trend for um indoor gardening, indoor plants. Why don't I do some images about plants because that will probably be popular and just you kind of just read the industry and you read the the stuff that you see all around you and you try to make work that that kind of might be interesting and relevant to people and that just comes from experience and um so that's the kind of mentoring that I've had my yeah. grandfather sadly passed away when I was um five or six but he I would love to have chatted to him about illustration he was an illustrator in the 50s and he did a lot of stuff for uh, women's magazines very classic mid-century line drawings of people wow. and products and yeah, and I've got some of his drawings still that my granny's kept, but um, I, it'd be really nice to have chatted to him about it. Sadly, I can't, but um, yeah, I think just, I also read a lot of interviews that illustrators give. Do you have anything outside? I'm always kind of fascinated to, to know this because, um, you know, like they say, like design is everything else and what's outside mm -hmm. of design informs your design work. 
Is there any kind of hobbies that you have outside of design that, um, that you do yeah. that inspire you and then kind of like that informs your work somehow or, or it's like, what do you do outside yeah. of design? Outside of illustration, I'm a musician as well. And I play the drums and sing. I play <laughs> and guitar I, uh, and sing, that's awesome. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, it's really good. I've always been in bands and now I do solo music and I have this kind of uh, standing up drum kit set up with an electronic drum kind of pad as well and um, sing. And I've always done that. And actually, that's such an important part of my life. It's kind of taken a bit of a backseat in the last year or so because illustration's been really busy. But um, I, you know, it's really important to me. I think it's tricky because neither of those you know illustration and music aren't the best money spinning careers but i mean i think i think illustration is the one that allows you probably to make more of a living whereas music is just you know more of a fun thing but it's still very important to me and i I really enjoy it (laughs) and uh that's kind of a nice way to just step outside of work and meet people and have fun and go to gigs and play gigs and musicians and illustrators are interesting people and i like knowing them so um so that's really good if you can go back in a time machine and you can go back to the very beginning of your design career would you have done anything different or do you think that um kind of like the mistakes and the failures along the way kind of make you the person that you are and you shouldn't do that oh my god that's such a good question it's a very heady Uh, question (laughs) if yeah yeah um, so it's like the butterfly I, effect. Yes. Oh my God. You should make it into a film. <laughs> Would illustrators change anything? Yes. It'd be an action film. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> it'd be like full of guns and explosions. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, I think I I don't know I don't think I would change anything because I've had a really great time I just think I probably would like to have learned how to animate when I was at uni because I had all that time and all of that opportunity to get behind the software and I didn't um I did a one week elective for animation which was really fun but I didn't pursue it and now I want to learn how to animate and uh I am actually doing an internship one day a week so I'm getting there you know these things have a way of working themselves out um I would probably just tell myself to just simplify 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 as much as you can draw 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 I mean I think you know I I don't think that would change anything because it's happened the way it's happened and it's fine it's good yeah um I would say um just don't worry about it just work hard and and always try to improve and and you will yeah do you have any you know I always try you know this podcast seeks to bridge the gap between entry-level designers and the industry's best but I also want to point out too that like people have failures along the way and that things can definitely go wrong um do you have anything any like a really embarrassing story that you could share Oh well. You seem like you're just crushing life, though. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if you're like, no, nothing at all has ever gone wrong. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. Um, I, I don't know. There's been like, oh god, there's been fired or something like that, or thrown out of somewhere. I definitely have been fired from jobs, and I think that it was probably good because I didn't like the jobs and. Um, I think at the time I remember thinking, why am I doing this office job? I don't, I don't enjoy it. It's not what I want to do. But all of that stuff really, really helps you out in the end because you're like, well, now, now, I, now I understand other people. I understand 
you know what it means to get up and sacrifice stuff and not be able to do what you want because then you're going to pursue it in the evenings and you're going to go extra hard in the evenings to make it happen and now I understand you know for example when I worked in animation recruitment I just got to know loads of cool animation studios in London and I had to go for interviews with people and I had to meet up with art directors and and uh, the heads of studios and at the time because I'm like not I'm pretty shy really I mean I'm kind of shy and kind of confident at the same time but I would go and meet these people and and I would kind of not really know what I was talking about and I would forget major details about commissioning animators because I wanted to be the person getting the job not right. finding the job <laughs> so um yeah so I definitely like sat in front of some important um creative person and blabbered on about stuff that I didn't really understand which is always embarrassing but it just kind of in the end it helps you because then you kind of realize that what people want to hear and yeah I mean I've also done jobs that were definitely ill-advised I had to do one relatively recently about um it was for a weight loss magazine and the 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 commissioned illustration was just really inappropriate and uh, I knew it wasn't going to work and then they they did keep asking for changes and I kind of had a bad feeling about the whole thing. And then at the very end, they said, we're just going to have to check with the director to see that this is okay. And then of course it wasn't okay because the image was really kind of rude and um, just inappropriate. And then the whole thing got scrapped, but um, that was more frustrating than embarrassing. Yeah. Um, I've had that same thing too, like kind of talking, like it's weird. I would be like talking to like Michael Beirut, and like my fourth like interview, like some of like the best designers in the world. And I'm like telling him my opinion. And like, meanwhile, he's like, you know, one of the most like iconic <laughs> designers in Don't the world. And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, but- um, and it's just, and it's so <laughs> embarrassing to watch now. I have to go back and edit some of these podcasts. So, uh, well, you know, I, I think most people, nobody's on a, nobody's infallible in their opinion. Everyone wants to hear other people's input. You know, if, if somebody is, nobody's better or above conversation yeah so don't worry about it <laughs> sure. this has been amazing this has been so fun i'll definitely <laughs> yeah it's been really great i really enjoyed it yeah thank you so where can people find you online oh, okay. you're, not, you're not big on social media but i have <laughs> yeah, there's I my 27 listeners my, my 27 <laughs> listeners will come find your website <laughs> excellent yeah um it's sarahtanatjones.com um it's t-a-n-a-t jones that's how you spell my surname and it's sarah underscore tanet underscore jones on instagram um, awesome instagram account by the way very active on the instagram thank you yeah i do try i try to arrange things in threes because i think it looks nice um which is quite a headache sometimes and then uh, if anyone wants to look at the music that i also make it's just tanet.co T-A-N-A-T dot C-O. I'm playing a gig tomorrow night, actually. <laughs> First time. Yeah, so it's really good. And that's where you find me. And then also, I'm on Hanson Frank. They're my agent. So I'm on their list of illustrators on the left-hand side. And that's pretty much it, really. Tell them I want to be invited to the Christmas party after all this free <laughs> promotion I'm giving them. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. It's been a pleasure. And- Thank you. It's so lovely to speak to you. Yeah, you too. Cheers. <laughs>